everybody. Welcome to issue 18 of the Amazing Spider Webcast. Not to be confused with episode 18, because, you know, we had uh, Amazing Fantasy 15 and whatever. Just to clarify something, we are going through the issues of Amazing Spider-Man. Um, so if you're not super familiar with comics, you should know that there are multiple Spider-Man titles that have started and stopped throughout the years. Amazing Spider-Man is the, uh, the sort of stalwart always going. Um, but, you know, it's a little bit like, okay, Superman. If you, if you wanted to read every Superman comic, you'd have to read Superman, Man of Steel, Superman Adventures, whatever, right? There's a bunch of different stuff. Um, Spider-Man has had, like, the Amazing Spider-Man, the Spectacular Spider-Man, the Sensational Spider-Man, Untold Tales of Spider-Man. Um, and we may take, take some diversions here and there. I'm getting, uh, I'm getting to a point in my regular reading where there's some events like Maximum Carnage which occur across different Spider-Man books. So that becomes a little bit problematic because you're like, well, fuck. Do I want to, I kind of want to read the whole story. But I also kind of want to like read the Amazing Spider-Man and not really care about the rest of these. These Marvel Comics men are tricky, tricky dicks. Anyway, we're here for uh, issue eighteen. It's being recorded right after seventeen. Does that kill the magic somehow? If I'm like, these are being recorded back to back. Do people want to think like, oh, he's saying it right now? This must have happened ten minutes before I got. No one gives a shit, right? Uh, issue 18 promises the end of Spider-Man and Sandman stalking the city streets. Uh, Spider-Man is... Uh, the art for this is amazing because he looks very cowardly. He is cowering behind like some crap in an alley, kind of shielding himself with part of a shredded newspaper, which does a terrible job of concealing him, but it's like that's how desperate he is to hide, right? Uh, so... What is going to happen? So basically, the opening the opening is amazing. We've got J. Jonah Jameson, happy as fuck. And uh, whoever did the art, let's see, Steve Ditko, Natch, uh, did an amazing job making J. Jonah Jameson because he looks gruesome when he's smiling. He looks horrible. Like, he looks worse than he normally does because his smile is so bad. Like, his eyes are squinted shut, and it looks like, uh, if you ever read that Sandman comic, and there's the guy who is wearing sunglasses, and then he takes them off, and he's got little mouths instead of eyes. Uh, that's kind of the effect we're getting here. I mean, it's just, it looks fucked up. It's You know that a guy is a real curmudgeon when he smiles, and you're like, him smiling is like fucked up looking. And it's not because he's got weird meth mouth or something. He is just, it just doesn't look right. And all these villains and heroes, you know, we've got Green Goblin, Dr. Octopus, Kraven the Hunter, the Vulture, Fantastic Four, the Avengers, Daredevil. Everyone's like, I can't believe it. Spider-Man's a wuss. How did this happen? That's my Daredevil impression, by the way, specifically. That's how I always pictured him talking. That's why I had a big problem with the Daredevil movie with Ben Affleck. I thought he'd talk like this. <laughs> He's from New York, isn't he? <laughs> So anyway, uh, Spider-Man is like, well, Peter Parker slash Spider-Man is somewhat concerned, somewhat unconcerned with the fact that he's like not popular, but he's like, all right, maybe I can win the crowd back. So for some reason, he decides to try and win the crowd back by going to 
an office of a guy who apparently makes trading cards and is like, how about you do a series of Spider-Man trading cards? I'll pose for pictures. You can do it. I'll do flips and shit. You know, I'll stick to the wall. And the guy is like, meh, pass. Um, which is hilarious because, A, I was like, I wonder if this coincided with uh, the manufacture of Spider-Man trading cards. Because you'll see these kinds of things a lot. You'll see, like, um, the Spider-Buggy, which is a car that Spider-Man drives a little later on. That's a, a great tale because basically the uh, writer of the comics was told to write some shit in because they were like, there's not enough stuff for Spider-Man to like sell because he's just kind of a guy. You know, Batman, Batman uh, was marketing genius because you're like, he's got a belt, he's got gizmos, he's got a cave, he's got a car, he's got a sidekick, you know, who also has like a little motorcycle. You can, it's endless. You can just have endless little accessories for him, right? A cape. But uh, Spider-Man doesn't really have shit. So I, I did wonder, maybe they did release some trading cards and this was their way of having it in narrative, sort of promoting the cards. But, uh, and also, uh, B, I think I said A, and now I'll say the B. It's like a... Uh, eerie prediction of the future because uh so in the early 90s trading cards were like huge i mean baseball cards and shit but then they started making you know marvel trading cards and all kinds of stuff foil cards hologram cards all this stuff and it was so funny because the way it worked was you could you could do it one of two ways really one of these ways was accessible to a normal human one way you could do it was to buy card sets this would be like an entire box wrapped in plastic, and it would be the entire quote-unquote series. So basically, if you bought this box, you'd have all the Marvel cards from that series. So you'd have all the foil cards, all the special cards, whatever. And uh, they did this with baseball cards, too. Like, if you got a Tops or a Fleer set from, like, 1996, and uh, you could buy the box. I can't remember what it's called. The case, the box, whatever. It would have the entire set in it. Um... But the sets would be expensive as fuck. And I don't remember what expensive as fuck means relative to current, but um, the way most of us had to do it was to buy a pack. Now, a pack would be in just like a package, uh, and you'd have to open it, but then you'd see which cards you got. So you, didn't ha you had no fucking idea if you were going to get like an Invisible Woman card, a Wolverine card, a Thing card. You'd get like 8 to 12 cards. And, uh, you know, you want to get these holograms and these cool special cards, but that didn't always happen. They did do a good job. This was like the original, you know how they say uh, Facebook or whatever is designed like a slot machine to give you sort of un a random reinforcement and occasionally give you something so that it lights up your brain and makes you think like, this is great. Those cards did a good job of that. Like you didn't usually get two of the same card in a pack, for example. But you would often get, like, five of the same card. And usually you'd get five of the same card, and it wasn't, like, a cool one that you wanted. You didn't get five Wolverines. You got, like, five Wendigos or something like that that you're like, eh. I don't even know if I wanted one Wendigo, let alone five. And so these cards, like, expanded into, like, you know, the X-Files would have a card set or whatever. Basically anything that existed, you know, Babylon 5 cards, Star Trek cards. For a while... 
I think the late 80s, maybe early 90s, like even you could make a feature film and each film would have its own. So like Rocky had trading cards, but so did Rocky 4. So like Rocky 4, I think, had its own set just from that movie. And if you think about this too, like what an amazingly cheap and easy way to make a set of cards. Because basically you just took frames from the film and uh, put them on a card and put like a little frame... Uh, drawn around it on the card and then you just put some nonsense on the back i i need to get my hands on some of these cards and see what was up with them but anyway um that whole market collapsed big time i'm betting that you could get some pretty cheap ass sets of cards at this point online i mean if it's like a sealed set i bet you couldn't get a whole lot but uh let's just see I'm going to look up, like, Marvel card complete set on eBay. Well, we'll see if I can spell Marvel. I'm going to say Marvel complete card set. How about that? Okay, so 1992 Series 3 200 card complete set is $40. Um, there, and there's a bunch that are, like, 40 bucks. Base set, Wolverine. Marvel Heroes and Villains, $20. 2014 Marvel Universe 2 Complete 1-90 through 90 Base Card Set, 15 bucks. Marvel Masterpieces Series 2 Complete 90 Card Set, Near Mint, $13. The, I would say the price is between $15 and $30 for these different sets, depending on what, what you're going for. Um, complete Hologram Insert Card Set, 30 bucks. Marvel's Dangerous Divas series. That's <laughs> $12. Divas? I could, I could, I guess they're just like, uh, it's 2D words. So there you go. Oh, here we go. 1994 Marvel Amazing Spider Man trading cards complete base set, one through 150, 27 bucks. So these, I'm guessing it must have been more than that originally you know what i mean the sets but um yeah like a complete set now every complete set is 30 some cards i'm or 30 some dollars for everything so that's pretty crazy um that's pretty out of hand it really it makes me want to just get on ebay here and find the set you know that i had some of because i had this set that i freaking loved i always wanted to make a business card that emulated the style of that set of cards anyway that whole thing collapsed, and everybody who had these cards had a shitload of worthless cards. I think it was like Pokemon and Magic kind of came and replaced those because they had this brilliant idea, which wasn't really that brilliant. It seems kind of obvious in hindsight, which is, what if you can actually do something with these cards other than have them? You can, like, play a game with them. What a novel idea. Um... Anyway, so that doesn't work. So he can't fight any crime. And he's, because he's like, Spider Man is running around on the rooftops and he's about to stop a crime. And then he's like, but wait a minute, Aunt May is so fragile. If I get killed, what will become of her? She'll be an old woman without a son slash nephew running around. So he wusses out and can't fight crime. Um, and so then we cut back to the Daily Bugle. Which, again, my favorite. I mean, J. Jonah Jameson has this grin plastered on him. Um, and he finds out that 
uh, Aunt May is in the hospital, and Peter Parker, of course, works for them. So he says, oh, we'll never let it be said that big-hearted J. Jonah Jameson doesn't look after the people who work for him. Let's do something generous for them. Send her a get-well card. But don't seal the envelope. You can send it for a penny cheaper that way. Which I was like, okay, this is a funny little detail of like, he's going to save one penny on a card and not seal it. But I was like, how does that work? How does the, if you send an unsealed envelope, it's a penny cheaper? I have never heard of this. And this seems to be like one of those things that I guess people would know back in the 60s and 70s. But now I'm like, what? Why? I don't understand why it would be cheaper and or that it would be cheaper. That's so strange. But anyway, he, he's just swanning around the office, positively swanning. So, you know, Peter Parker has like a soul searching and is like, damn it, this is bullshit. And he can never explain why he's been such a wuss and blah, blah, blah. So then he's like, well, maybe I can make some money a different way. Um, and he goes to a lab and shows them his web. And these two chinerd scientists are like, oh, my gosh, this is pretty amazing. Because he like suspends this huge, heavy object with his webbing from the ceiling. And the scientists are like, this is amazing. We're going to make a fortune. But then, you know, the webbing dissolves and the thing comes crashing down. And they're like, but wait a minute. Why is that? And he's Spider-Man's like, oh, it's not permanent. Um, you know, I don't want enemies to stay tied up forever. And they're like, well, if it's not permanent, we can't use it. We can't sell an adhesive that gets weak after a while. You just wasted our time. Which I was like, gentlemen. Gentlemen. Very bare minimum. This guy is swinging around town on this shit. Like... Couldn't you, wouldn't you just make a set for yourself at the very least? I mean, if they knew, maybe they don't know that Spider-Man is in such dire straits. Uh, dun, 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 dun. But they could have had this for a song. They probably could have got this for like a couple hundred bucks, got the formula. And it's like, hey, look, maybe it's not permanent. Maybe you can make a slight alteration to make it more permanent. Or maybe, I don't know, I think it would be useful to have, like, okay, do you want an adhesive that works instantly, but that isn't permanent? That seems like it would probably have some kind of use, right? Short-sighted, these sciences. Tists. Sciences is tists. What a bunch of dildos. So anyway, then Flash Thompson dresses as Spider-Man, because he's like, I'm going to get, well, Spider-Man fights the Sandman and wusses out on that one, too. So then Flash Thompson dresses as Spider-Man because he's like, I'm going to go show people that Spider-Man's not a wuss. He gets his ass handed to him big time. Um, you know, and he's like, it's comical in the book because he's like holding his head and he's got stars and this goofy look on his face. And you're like, I guess this is why it's a comic book because in real life you'd be like, uh, he had brain damage and was never really able to form a coherent thought again. He also got every one of his teeth knocked out and had to wear dentures for the rest of his life, starting at the age of 18 or something. But, you know, in the comic, it's just like, whatever. This is funny. So then Peter Parker's like, well, thank God he's not dead, but whatever. So, you know, he, uh, he throws his Spider-Man costume in a, a package and smashes it down and throws it in the garbage. But then, then, uh, Aunt May, he finds her, like, walking around. She's, like, gotten out of her wheelchair that she's in for some reason and is walking around, and she's like, yeah, you know, I'm an old woman. I'm not a quitter. 
a person needs gumption, the will to live, to fight. So he, he gets inspired by her and her doctor's like, well, she's in amazing shape for a woman her age. She has so much spirit and that's what works and blah, blah, blah. And then, uh, oh, and then, so then he's reading, Peter Parker's reading the newspaper and says, another story about Spider-Man and J. Jonah Jameson's scandal sheet. Now he's calling me the biggest phony since the Cardiff Giant. Which I was like, well, there's a reference that I bet doesn't fly today. My understanding of the Cardiff Giant. I think this was a New York State thing. Basically, what some guy did is he buried um, what looked like to be sort of a golem or something like that on his property. Maybe it was an actual human made to look like a human. Um, he had it buried on his property and then waited a while and then uh, said he wanted to like build a pool or whatever. So then the workers discovered this thing and were like, holy fuck, this is the remains of a giant or whatever. It was basically a giant hoax, which was great. We need, we need more hoaxes, right? We just need more hoaxes. So between, uh, between being called out by Jameson for the thousandth time and uh, seeing an old woman walk across the room, Spidey is motivated AF, puts his costume back on, and is uh, ready to kick some ass. In the next issue, of course, not not immediately. You know, what did you think he was going to go through an entire crisis cycle in an issue? This could this could last us for days, and it will. So we'll see you for issue nineteen when Spidey starts kicking ass. Like a vine, look out! Here comes the spider. 